This is Dave Foreman, and you're listening to Whatever on the Podcast Network. And my guest today is a kind of a radio legend. I'm really pleased to be interviewing him, uh, Rockin' Ray Michaels. Morning, Ray. Thank you. Good morning, Dave, and good morning, world. Yes, it's the podcast of the century now. <laughs> How are you doing, Dave? Great to have you uh, calling me to uh, do this interview. I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to be here. Ray, I, I'm very pleased you're doing it. I don't know. Do we go for full disclosure here? The honeymoon's over, so you you nail it. Well, Ray and I did this yesterday, and uh, if it sounds like we're both having deja vu, we are, because uh, Dave forgot to push the record button, so we're going to do it again. But I hope we do it as well, because we may never do it. That may have been the interview of the century. Well, you know, we we, we had a practice, you know, so now we know. It was a rehearsal, so now now we know what we're talking about, right? That's right. Ray, um, did did you always have it, it kind of in your mind that you were going to be a broadcaster, or did it, uh, that kind of decision arrive later in life? No, I, uh, I, I started thinking about, uh, you know, being a DJ on the radio when I was about 14 years old. Um, I had some, uh, you know, some idols that were on the radio, and I just said, you know, I, I, I got to do this. I, th- this sounds like so much fun. And I got into radio at a very early age. I actually started in Toronto at the age of 16. So, and that, you know, not too many people get that kind of a break. Uh, I was very fortunate, thank God, uh, to, to have that uh, opportunity to, uh, you know, to start broadcasting at the age of 16. Have you always worked in, in this market, Ray, since you started or did you go to the, uh, to the boonies and start there and kind of work your way back to southern Ontario? No, I started right in Toronto. It was My first job was in Toronto at, uh, believe it or not, Chin Radio. I worked for Johnny Lombardi, for, and I spent 10 years there. Wow. You, you, did, you, uh, did you know Duff Roman? I, I know of Duff Roman. I never know, knew him personally. Yeah, I met his brother down in Halifax when I was working there, but... Uh, but I never met him personally. He was one of my idols when I first started. So. Right, right. Um, no, you know, a great guy, too. I mean, I heard a lot about Duff. Uh, so he was a very successful uh, broadcaster, you know, in the industry. So how long have you been at the uh, in the broadcast game now? It's been a while, I guess, huh? 42 years. And my anniversary for my 42nd year is coming up uh, on my birthday, actually, uh, February 24th. That is very close by. It is. Are you so I'm going to be 21. Going to have a party? Every day of my life, Dave, is a party. Every day I wake up on the, the green side of the ground, it's a party. Good for you. It's nice to be able to do something that you really like. I uh, I found broadcasting a little later in life. I, I always wanted to be in radio, but I never... Never had the nerve to try it. I went the more conventional route and apprenticed as an accountant and did all kinds of weird things before I got into radio. But uh, once I once I retired from, well, as you said to me one time, you never retire from radio. Once you're bitten by the bug, you're always there. Always. It never goes away. Uh, once you're in broadcasting, uh, I would say 90% of people uh, just can't walk away from it. You know, you got to, you keep trying to, to get back into the industry if you, Happen to you know uh, you know end at a job and uh, you don't know where you're going to go next. I would say 90% of people continue to to look and try to stay in the broadcasting industry. It's that much fun. I, I think you're right about that because I, I recall one of my idols back when I was in uh, 
in high school was a guy named Dick Biondi. And uh, I, re- I accidentally tuned him in on the Internet a few years back. He was doing an Internet radio show, and the, the, the guy was in his 70s. So you're wow. Right. It never leaves. No, you know, and, and, and any kind of, uh, you know, you, I don't want to say, you know, it's, it's radio, but I can, you know, even if you become a, a dispatcher and you, you know, it's, it's, still, you're still kind of broadcasting, you know, you're broadcasting on a closed network, so to speak, but you're still there, you know, uh, you're, you're still doing something. Uh, this business, I find, uh, and I say this to myself all the time, where can you find a job that you get paid? to have fun Great. and radio is you. I always believe that radio is a fun thing, to, you know, a fun job. Uh, I mean, as I, as I've said before, I listen to the radio quite often. Um, and you know, anybody can introduce a song an extra song. This is, and that was, and who is and the weather. Anybody can do that, but it's the person that can get on behind a microphone. And create a picture. And I, so many years in this business, I have listened to announcers. And, and mind you, I make mistakes all the time. But I listen to announcers who are just boring. Boring. Give me a reason to listen to you. Don't be like everybody else. You know, it, it, when you start doing this is and that what it becomes a cliché. You, you want to be original. You want to be known for something. You want to be a brand. I'm a brand in this business. Uh, not too many people do what I do anymore, and that's the fun that I have. So when I go in, uh, you know, for a job, uh, the employer will say, okay, I'm buying your show. I'm not hiring you. I mean, I am an employee, but they buy my show as opposed to just coming in and read liners and blah, blah, blah. Uh, I mean, I'm, you know, in the current uh, job I'm at, at 92.9 The Grand FM, uh, they've known me for years. Um, and the station just wanted on the air just over three years ago, uh, the new FM here in Caledonia, Ontario. Um, and a lot of people know who I am because I worked at 1150 CKOC in Hamilton for 27 years. So everybody kind of knows who I am. Uh, they brought me in, but they bought my show. They didn't just hire me. They, they bought my show and they made that very clear. Uh, you know, and I have, I have great, great management. Uh, my vice president, uh, Steve Casse is a fabulous guy. The owner of the company, Durham Radio is Doug Kirk. Fabulous, fabulous people. And I worked for Doug many years ago. And when they called me in for the, here's a funny story. When they called me in for the job, uh, they've been bouncing my name around for about a year saying, we got to get rock and ray. We got to get a rock, rock and ray here. So when they called me in, I know I'm kind of, you know, steering away from the original question here, but when they called me in, Dave, <laughs> I was in the boardroom and the president said to me, he said, uh, uh, he said, after, after I accepted, we went back, there was some negotiating going on, on, uh, what I wanted, what they needed. And I, he said to me, he said, Ray, you worked for me um, about 15, 20 years ago. And I said, where? And he told me, he said, you worked for me in Orangeville. And I said, oh, didn't you fire me from that station? And it ended up, uh, they, you know, they wanted me back, so they called me back. And, it's, you know, it's, 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 I will say at 92.9 The Grand, 
And if you want to listen online, it's 929thegrand.fm. I'm on 2 to 6. I do afternoon drive. I thrive in the drive. I love it. Um, it's, it's just a phenomenal thing all the way around. So, uh, you know, this, this business of being a broadcaster, you can be, you can be doing podcasts. You can be doing a, a stream show. You can be a dispatcher. You're still broadcasting, you know, and the thing is, there's always people listening. There's something I'd like to say, and it may uh, it it may be uh, a bother to you because you're basically kind of a humble guy, but you don't hide behind the control room door, which I found very 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 interesting. The, the guys that I've met in radio that I've I've enjoyed talking to have been the guys that don't hide behind the control room door, as I call it. When you go in, do your shift, and go home and be unknown, uh, you make yourself very available uh, publicly. Dave, I'm everywhere. I, you know, they sell my show uh, to, you know, I mean, advertisers that want to want me at their location to broadcast live. It's the Rock and Ray Michaels Roadshow, and I go out there. I got PA. Uh, I broadcast live from location. I'm in a ten by ten tent. Uh, I got the Rock and Ray Michaels Hit Cruiser, the '92 Hit Cruiser, with my picture all over, my name all over it. When I show up, you're going to have people there. That's the bottom line. I have a lot of followers, and I'm very proud to say that, uh, you know, uh, and people follow me wherever I go. This is what a, a business wants. You know, you want you have something to talk about? Get Big Mouth. That's me. I, I'll talk about it. I'll make you, I, I, I make my clients, all, you know, the day all about them. It's all about them. When I get there, I tell them that. It's all about you. So you give me the information you want me to broadcast. I will do it. People follow me. And it's, you know... Uh, I, I I do a whole bunch of stuff. I, you know, I make appearances. Uh, I have a rock and roll band, the Rock and Ray Michaels Retro Rockers. I'm I'm live on location. I got a show during the week, Monday through Friday, two to six p.m. Uh, I'm out at various charity events all the time. As a matter of fact, coming up uh, in April, I'll be at the um, uh, the Elvis Night uh, for the Compassion Society of Burlington. First, and, first I met you, uh, my friend. I, uh, you were judging. Uh, I think the first one we had at the Polish Hall when I worked for the Compassion Society, you were our lead judge, as I recall. Yeah, and I, well, I, I'm, that's the same place. It's still there uh, in Burlington, and it's coming up. Jeremy Heatley, you, you know Jeremy, obviously, and uh, it's a fun event. So I make appearances like that as well. You know, you give back to the community, is, I, and, and, and the, the payback, you, you know, just by people coming up to you and acknowledging you and, and saying, hey, I'm a fan of yours. Can I have your autograph? It's a great feeling. Ray, um, a lot of crazy things happen in broadcasting. I, I know that uh, I worked at a at a, the only English radio station in Quebec City, which meant I had probably seven or eight listeners for my morning show. But um, a lot of crazy things happen in the station. If you had to pick uh, the, the zaniest thing that ever happened to you while you were on the air, would, would you be able to do that or have been too many? Um there's a lot of things, Dave. Uh, I mean, that's that's a loaded question. I mean, uh, there's so many things. Um, for instance, I'll tell you one one incident. I wasn't at the station, but I was supposed to be at the station. <laughs> my my program director, one of the most well respected program directors in all of Canada, Nevin Grant. You may have heard of Nevin Grant. I've heard the name. I've never met the man, but I've heard the name. I, I fabulous guy. Um, I was. Uh, I was supposed to be on the morning show, and I did. I did Saturday and Sunday mornings as well. Uh, I worked a lot of hours, and uh, but I, I, I showed the enthusiasm. I wanted to be there. I wanted to win, 
So this Saturday morning in particular, I guess I hit the snooze button or something on my clock radio, you know, 4.30 in the morning, and I and I must have hit the, the snooze button, and it turned it off. Well, at 7 a.m., my phone's ringing in my bedroom next to my bed, and I, I jump on a bed, and I look at the clock, and it's at 7 a.m. I'm having heart failure. And I said, what do I do? I'm running back and forth beside my What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> I said, that's the boss calling me. That's the boss. What do I do? I said, I know. I'll just quit. I'll just tell him I quit. <laughs> so I picked up the phone, and Nevin Grant says to me, Raymond, he says, you're coming into work today? I said, boss, I slept in. I'm sorry. He said, no problem. He said, get here when you can. We got things covered until you get here. I, Dave, I was having a heart failure because I'm never late for my show. I'm always early uh, and always, I'm like always first to get to, always last to leave at the end of the day. Uh, when we had the um, the uh, big uh, power outage on the eastern seaboard, when everybody was knocked out of power, you may recall that. Oh, I do. I was on the air. We were the only station that was on the air because we had a very large generator, and a large fuel tank. Uh, I was on the air that day from 12 noon until 12 midnight. And finally, Nevin Grant came into the studio and said to me, Rock and Ray, he said, time to go home, get some rest. Because you've been here long enough, I want you to leave. I said, but boss, I can. No, I want you to go home and get some rest. 12 hours on the air straight. Yeah, I was taking calls from everywhere, uh, people that could hear us. And on AM radio, you got your signals skips. It bounces off the atmosphere. So you can travel into the U.S. You can travel all over Canada with your signal at nighttime because of the skip. You know what I mean? So uh, it was uh, that was an amazing time as well. So I've had a lot of you know a lot of things. I've been very fortunate. I have uh, come into work, and um, I remember one day I came into work, and the boss called me up and said uh, during my show, he said, "Can you come in for uh, nine uh, for uh, for the morning show tomorrow?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." And I said, "That's strange. Why would he want me there for the morning show?" Well, when I finished the morning show, it was a Thursday morning, and 9 o'clock I was off the air. There was nobody else coming in after me. And I'm like, hey, boss, uh, like, what, where is everybody? Nobody was around. The place was empty. Well, it just so be that they cleared house. I was the only one to survive. And this happened more than once. So, uh, I, I, you know, uh, you have your consultants that uh, consult for the radio station <laughs> thing. Uh, you know, this guy's got a lot of enthusiasm. Blah, blah, blah. He's always fresh sounding. And it saved me. It, it really did through all these years. Uh, and I think that's a very vital uh, piece of uh, advice is always sound fresh. We all have a bad day. It all it happens to everybody. I have more bad days than good sometimes. But that's the way it goes. And you got to make up for it. So, uh, yeah, so I've been through uh, house clearings many times, and you know I've always survived, and thank God I have. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, you mentioned uh, AM, uh, AM uh, when when I first got in, and it was, I'm sure when you first got in was was the big gun, and uh, FM was kind of the weak sister that uh, that played elevator music and that sort of thing, and uh, it's completely turned around the. Uh, 
these days now FM is is the biggest news. What, what do you think is the reason for that? I think it was the quality of sound that, yeah. you know, uh, when it evolved, you know, uh, I mean, FM used to play, we used to play vinyl, AM and FM, but it always sounded better on FM. And I think once they introduced the compact disc is when things started to uh, skyrocket for the FM band. Now, we got to remember today as well, too, even, uh, you know, you can get even better sound than FM, and that's satellite radio. Uh, you know, or you can stream. If you're doing a stream, you can get, you know, depending on the line, the stream that you get, uh, you can have excellent sound. And, of course, processing makes a big difference as well, uh, you know, when you're broadcasting music. But, uh, yeah, FM was the uh, became the big winner after that. I mean, you know, uh, most FM stations, uh, if you were lucky back in the day, uh, because of it being an FM station, uh, people, you know, some stations were in – you know, the Northern hemisphere and they, they needed that extra power to broadcast and they'd end up getting 150,000 Watts of power. Right. There are still stations today that are broadcasting with 150,000 Watts on FM that were grandfathered in because that's what they had when they started. So they were grandfathered in. They didn't change that. Most AM radio stations had a capacity of, of, uh, 50,000 watts. But AM radio bounces, as I said earlier. Uh, so I think that makes the big difference. FM is more of a direct signal. Yeah. I remember my first job in FM was uh, playing somebody else, uh, tapes of somebody else's uh, announcing between records. Oh, voice track. Yeah. Well, there's lots of voice tracking that goes on today. A lot of people don't even realize it. You know, um, that's, that's some of the technology that has, uh, um, uh, taken some jobs away before you would have i mean when i started at ckoc many years ago we had four-hour shifts you know you had six guys working the day and that would include overnight as well overnight usually went from about midnight to six so you know that was a long shift but other than that it was four-hour shifts that's really changed a lot today because now you have and it's a it's a a procedure that is called voice tracking. You can record in a studio uh, today's show, tomorrow's show, next week's show, if you like, and and uh, it sounds like you're live on the air. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one way that I do notice that it's not a live broadcast is when you never hear a forecast or a time check. <laughs> Something's happening, you know, uh, in the news and you don't hear the story with the, the jock talking about it. or You know, I've heard people do a weather forecast, but it's come back to bite them in the butt because yeah. you recorded this two days ago, and you're talking about the weather for Monday. <laughs> well, you know, you're calling for, you know, showers and thunderstorms. Meanwhile, it's sunny and, you know, 15 degrees outside. Well, I, I spent a lot of my life in Winnipeg, and the, the favorite saying there was, if you don't like the weather in Winnipeg, wait a minute. Oh, man, I'll tell you, I've been through Winnipeg in the middle of February. It is not nice. It is not nice, man. It is cold. Very hardy folk there. Man, it's just nasty. Uh, I know I, I I came through Winnipeg, middle of February, and uh, uh, I kid you not, uh, two pair of pants, double clothing like uh, jackets, hats. You could not You could not get warm enough. That's how cold it is in Winnipeg. So, buddy, kudos to you, man, if you live there. 
<laughs> I did for 50 years. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's, that's a very cold uh, that's part where, of the country. That's where I ended up leaving broadcasting was in Winnipeg. That was my final uh, swan song was there when I got back into the corporate world. But uh, some uh, met some great folks in Winnipeg and had some really good times on CKY Radio, one of the first radio stations in Canada, as a matter of fact. Was that 580? Was that 580 CKY? 580 CKY in the center of things. Wow, that's great, man. Yeah, I've been through uh, some stations. Uh, um, I was out in uh, oh Saskatoon. I, I, I visited a station out there many years ago. Um, um, I, I've done all kinds of formats. I've done country. I've done uh, uh, you know all hit radio. All hit radio is my favorite. You know, playing the classic hits, classic rock, it's, that's the best. I always think the 70s was a great era for music. You know, it was a great era all the way around. I mean, I don't know what, what your favorite decade is, but I think the 70s was one of the best decades of, uh, of music. It, it, it did have some of the best, uh, some of the best and most innovative music. You know, late 60s, uh, mid 60s, up uh, up through 70, uh, 77, things started to change. You got that disco sound. And I mean, coming up this summer is the 50th anniversary of Woodstock. Is you know, it that amazing? Who would have thought? You know, Santana's going to be, I believe Santana's opening the show. Wow. Uh, so that's going to be awesome. So you got a couple of the old uh, acts still around that will come back, but Santana for sure. Uh, I read about it, and they are uh, going to be at the uh, 50th anniversary. That's going to be something. Let's let's just hope they don't get rain. Woodstock should be uh, quite the event. I mean, 500,000 people showing up, you know, for for three days of rain. Uh, but they made the most of it. You know, they they had a fun time. It became legendary. You know, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, uh, uh, just you know, on and on, and yeah. this great acts that perform there. And some of these guys, they got. You know, they were paid next to nothing. That's right. To be there. But the exposure, you know, 50 years later, people are still talking about Woodstock. And it's still, it's still all over YouTube and still getting all kinds of plays. You know, you have people like Canned Heat and that sort of thing that we're playing there. Love Canned Heat. Fabulous band. Up, you know, uh, great, great tune. Um, uh, and great performers as well. Uh, just uh, speaking of, uh, you know, what we do, uh, you and I in the broadcast industry, George Klein, the great, uh, the great uh, radio DJ that was best friends with Elvis Presley, just passed away mm-hmm. uh, a couple of days ago uh, from, uh, I believe he fell and broke his hip. Now, that's what I heard inside was that he had fallen, broke his hip and uh, took ill from that. I think it was pneumonia that took George's life, but he was the best friend. Uh, to uh, Elvis Presley. They became friends at a very, very early age, high school, and uh, they just continued to remain friends, and uh, he just passed away at the age of 83. Oh, so uh, so many yeah. icons are passing. I guess it's... Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, of course, but uh, it, it is sad to see as well. It is. You know, we see more of it, I think, Dave, because... You know, as you get older, you have friends that are older than you or some are younger. Yeah. Uh, but you hear more about it in the, you know, in the industry. And it's, and it's sad. I mean, there's a lot of legendary people, legendary broadcasters that have uh, passed on. But they're, you know, they're at the big radio station now in the sky. And so 
it's it's a terrible thing. But uh, what do you do? I mean, you got to remember those people and and all the fun times and, and the good memories. I think that's and very. Hopefully, cool. learn from uh, some of the great things they did. Uh, Absolutely. I, I let me talk. Speaking of greats, I worked with Tom Rivers. Oh, Tom Rivers, okay. the legendary Tom Rivers, uh, who was at 1050 Chum in Toronto uh, for many years. He uh, he was fired and rehired several times there. Uh, great guy. Worked with him at Easy Rock in Toronto. And uh, Tom was doing the morning show. I'd come in after him. We used to go for a smoke in the morning. He'd say, come on, right, let's go. And we'd go into the bathroom. He'd lock the door. And Tom had to be six, 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 seven. The guy was just a massive giant. I know know how tall you are. That must have been an unusual-looking pairing. I'll tell you, Mutt and Jeff, man. So uh, he would stand right by the vent on the ceiling, and he could just blow, exhale his smoke into the vent. And he was like six, six, seven inches away from me. I'd have to stand on top of the toilet and blow the smoke up about two feet to get in the vent so he wouldn't get caught smoking in the boys' room. But a boom, you know, lots of fun. We had lots of fun. I remember the time when, uh, um, uh, who was it there? The, uh, the, the figure skater with the, that was attacked in the crowbar. Oh, Nancy. Uh, Nancy who? Nancy Kerrigan. Uh, Kerrigan, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, I said to Tom, I said, Tom, I said, I, I walked in the studio. I said, Rivers, we got to get some crowbars on the air. You got to give away crowbars on the air. He calls a local hardware store in Toronto, close to the station. Before you know it, we gave about 20 crowbars away on the air. Now the people had to come to the station and pick them up. So this was all new as reception and promotion was coming in that morning at 9 a.m. And they find out that we're giving away crowbars. Well, I'll tell you, man, we, we got, we got a strip torn off us more than once, but I'll tell you, it just these are times I'm laughing about, but that back then was a little bit terrifying. However, you know, you do things, uh, and I always say it's better to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. So if you're getting into this business, maybe keep that in the back of your mind, you know. <laughs> That's so true. Well, you know, I think when you, you get two radio guys talking, you could spend the day, and I want to thank you for uh, – for doing this, I, I really appreciate your patience in going through our rehearsal, and uh, I'm looking forward to talking to you again. I'm going to talk to you uh, on your anniversary. I'm going to be one of the well-wishers because I think you're doing a great job, and you have been all along. And I, I really respect a guy that, uh, as my favorite saying used to go, doesn't hide behind the control room door. Um, you get out, you make yourself available to the public. I think it's a wonderful thing that people get to see the see the face that's attached to the voice behind the microphone. Well, thank you so much, Dave. I really, really appreciate that. And you being a veteran yourself, uh, you know what it's like. And I mean, I, you know, I don't look for for uh, you know people congratulating me on stuff like that. It's just something I love to do. Well, that's and the great thing of it, you know, exactly. If you got a passion for it. Uh, this business does not pay well when you start up. It, it's pretty crappy to pay, but if you have the enthusiasm, the passion, and the love for the job, it will pay off down the road. And it does. And I, I you know, I, it, it'll pay off for you tenfold. And, uh, I'm just very proud to say that I've been in this business, the business that I love, uh, since I was a young teenager, uh, until present. And I'm still rocking and rolling. So I'll never retire. I'll never retire. I hope you never do. Dave, thanks so much. I appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, it was great talking to you, and uh, I can't wait to hear this on your uh, podcast show, uh, the show that's called Whatever. You blame your wife for that name. 
she said, no, she said to me that uh, that I should broaden my scope somewhat. So I said, well, that's good, but I, I think i got to revise the whole thing. What do I call this show? She says, well, I'm kind of busy right now. I'm making coffee for myself. I said, this is important. i got to have a name for this show. She said, whatever. <laughs> that's great, man. And that's, that's what great. happened. <laughs> Dave Foreman, whatever. Morning, noon, night, and overnight. Whatever, whenever, and however. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Fabulous. Thanks, thanks again. My pleasure, Dave. All the best to you, man. Continued success with your, your podcast show. Everybody listen to Dave Foreman because Rock and Ray said so. 